T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. From KMOX Sports. Okay, boys, here we go. Welcome to the Great Bar Sports Open Line. Those bits swings and he hits a drive. He hits a slammer. Great Bar, your distributor for electrical and data comm needs. Let's go. Now from Cardinal Spring Training in Jupiter, Florida, and the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center, here's Matt Pauley. On a Monday night, we welcome you into Sports Open Line here on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley, coming your way from what I like to refer to as our palatial studios in Jupiter, Florida at the uh, Cardinal Spring Train Complex, also known as the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center. And uh, we are going to be broadcasting from this spot during the duration of spring training, which officially got underway earlier today as pitchers and catchers who are participating in the World Baseball Classic. Today was their report date. Later on this week, it'll be the standard pitchers and catchers report date. And then next Monday is when the first full squad workout is scheduled to uh, take place. All that being said, there are a lot of people who are already here. In fact, uh, a lot of the topic of conversation today uh, when talking with uh, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock, and also uh, Manager Oliver Marmel, was just the fact that the culture of the Cardinals has players more often than not getting in early, so it is unlikely that that many players are going to be showing up on their actual report dates. More often than not, players are getting here a little bit early, so uh, there were a lot of guys who were out doing things today. We saw uh, some bullpen sessions, including Adam Wainwright and uh, Jack Flaherty getting out uh, onto the mound. And then we saw uh, various uh, other pitchers, uh, infielders doing all kinds of work. So uh, it's it's a little bit different. Now, I say this, I should say, this is my first time covering uh, Cardinals spring training, so I don't have the... Um, institutional knowledge that so many people who cover the Cardinals uh, do have, but just talking to uh, other individuals and just kind of having a sense of how things generally go. It is a little bit different this year, just kind of with the the multiple waves of people coming in. You don't have that uh, big first day where all the pitchers are there, but uh, here in a couple of days, things are going to continue to feel more and more normal uh, that so coming up on the program just one hour tonight we're coming your way following the uh, billikens uh, coaches show which uh, went from uh, six o'clock to seven o'clock on the program tonight uh, we're going to be replaying a lot of the audio that we collected uh, during the course of the day specifically from president of baseball operations uh, john mosellock and also uh, manager oliver marmel both individuals uh, had an extended media sessions today so we're going to play a lot of that audio for you coming up uh, throughout this hour but i can tell you right now 
uh, one of the things that was talked about a lot, uh, specifically from from John Mozeliak, this is how he opened up his media session today, talked about the fact that in many ways this feels normal, and in other ways it feels different. The normalcy is more connected to the fact that there hasn't been a standard spring training over the last few years. Last year, you were coming off the uh, labor situation where they got the collective bargaining agreement figured out, and then boom, right there, uh, they tried to rush everybody, and this was true for all teams. They tried to uh, rush players and staff and everybody to the various spring training complexes, and they tried to fit a whole lot of stuff in less time. So it was a weird spring training last year. And COVID was still more, had more of an impact then as compared to uh, where we're at right now. And then speaking of COVID, obviously, uh, the spring trainings uh, before that uh, were very uh, were very off as well because of that. So this is the first time in a while that things kind of feel normal. Mosaic actually joked around a little bit about the fact that it's nice that you don't have to walk in and get your temperature taken and things like that, the stuff that was going on uh, during COVID. So that's kind of the normal part of what's going on. The part that's not normal is the fact that the World Baseball Classic is taking place this season. And it's normal in the sense that it happens every few years, but it's not normal in the sense that it disrupts spring training where players are here and then all of a sudden players are not here anymore. And when you think about the Cardinals and you think about some of the core members of the team who are not going to be here, whether it's a Nolan Arnato, a Paul Goldschmidt, uh, and Adam Wainwright, uh, other guys like Tommy Edmond and Lars Newtbar. I mean, there's between the major league and minor league rosters, 19 separate Cardinals are on WBC rosters. So all of a sudden, those individuals, they are just going to be gone. I thought it was interesting today that uh, Marmel talked a little bit about the fact that early on in camp, when a Wainwright, when a Goldschmidt, when an Arnado are still in camp, how important it's going to be, especially for young players, to really show the culture of the organization because some of those guys, some of the older guys who are kind of the, the caretaker of the culture, for lack of a better term, those guys leave for a little bit. And you just want to make sure that the Cardinal way and everything that goes along with that uh, certainly uh, continues to exist and is able to uh, be cultivated during that period, even when some of the players are uh, are not around. But more than anything else, it's just kind of good to be here. It's good to see baseball activities going on. It does not, the offseason always goes so fast. Like in the In the middle of it, it feels like it's been a while since there's been baseball, but now that we're to a point where baseball stuff is going on, it really doesn't feel like all that long ago that the Cardinals were wrapping up their their series and their season, for that matter, against the uh, Philadelphia Phillies. So here we are. Baseball uh, has arrived. Another one of the key things today was talking about the competition and talking about the opportunities. And this goes back to uh, the WBC situation, but also just the makeup of the roster. And it's something we've talked about a ton on this show. There's... When, when it comes to the outfield and when it comes to really the, the middle infield to a certain extent, uh, there's there's a lot of moving pieces and you don't know what it's going to look like. And you can throw the DH in there as well and how they're going to uh, distribute uh, distribute the, the at-bats when it comes to the DH. Last year, 
the plan was to use the DH in a certain way. And then Albert Pujols obviously had something to say about that. And everything changed in the second half of the season and certainly changed for the better in the second half of the season. But just watching this year's spring training and seeing how the competition goes when it comes to those outfield spots and then what happens on the infield. What uh, John Moselak talked today about how they can best use Brendan Donovan. You kind of look at him as somebody who's going to get most of the time at second base, but clearly he won the gold glove as a utility guy last year. He can play everywhere. So when there are opportunities to uh, lengthen your lineup by using somebody else at second base. That's something that uh, they are going to uh, be able to do. But so many storylines, so many narratives. Uh, Oliver Marmel was very, very optimistic today in terms of the expectations for Adam Wainwright as they expect uh, Wainwright in his final season to have a really, really good season. They're not talking much about it being his final season. They're talking about uh, the contributions that they are expecting to get from him this year. So those are kind of the main storylines going in. Um, Tomorrow is going to be maybe a little bit more of a standard day, just in the fact that it's the second day. And then Wednesday is when things are really going to start to ramp up as uh, all pitchers and uh, catchers will uh, be reporting. And by that time, most position players are going to be here as well. And by the time we get to uh, next week, certainly uh, things are just going to be normal. It's just going to be a normal spring training up until the point that players do need to uh, leave for the WBC. All right. So this is what we are doing on the program tonight. I've mentioned some of the things that uh, John Mozilla and Oliver Marmel said, but I want you to hear them for yourself. So uh, they each had extended media conversations. We've cut those up a little bit, and uh, we're going to play a lot of audio from both those individuals. So if you want to hear from Mo and you want to hear from uh, Ali, good news. You're going to hear from both of them a whole bunch on uh, tonight's show. That's coming up in just a moment. My name is Matt Pauley. We are broadcasting from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is America's Sports Voice. KMOX. 
Sports Open Line does continue on a Monday night here on KMOX as we continue to broadcast from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, Florida. It is our KMOX Sports Studio right here in the Cardinals Spring Training Complex. I can see Roger Dean Stadium from where I am sitting right now, and before we know it, they're going to be playing games over there. By the way, the Cardinals did officially announce uh, in conjunction uh, with the Marlins and and with the folks here uh, in Jupiter that they are going to be doing a major renovation to this complex. Uh, It's going to take more than a year to get done, so things might look a little bit different next year as uh, pretty much everything's going to be knocked down and they're going to kind of uh, start over on some things uh, in terms of the not not the actual stadium but uh, the buildings and the, the backfields and all the you know where the clubhouses and weight rooms and things like that are uh, that's all going to be uh, redone it's going to be a couple year project but uh, they're really excited it's become a, a bit of an arms race when it comes to spring training facilities and Things are moving so quickly. While it may not feel like this complex, this facility is that old, kind of in baseball years, it is. So uh, that announcement uh, was made. Uh, Lots of money being put into uh, this complex, and uh, they have uh, committed to staying uh, in Jupiter and uh, at this complex for a long time moving forward. All right, so this is what we're doing on the program today for the most part. I want to play for you some of the things that were said earlier today from both uh, Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mosellock, and also uh, Manager Oliver Marmel. In this segment, we'll hear from uh, Mo, and then in our next segment, we'll hear the things that were said uh, by Marmel earlier uh, today. And we alluded to this in our first segment, but certainly want to get into it. Uh, Mosellock, as he opened up his uh, comments today, speaking to the media, he said that in many ways this camp feels normal, but also at the same time, in, in some ways, it feels very different. I kind of feel like camp, two things to me. One is we finally have like a normal camp that we haven't had in a while, but yet we also have a bit of um, abnormalcy with the WBC. And so I just think like, you know, as you're watching someone throw a bullpen today, it was one person instead of, you know, all mounds going at once. You know, obviously I think when we get to Wednesday, you're going to see a little bit more normal feel to it. But I think most importantly, it's just nice to have some normalcy. And I think, you know, as guys have been trickling in over the last week or so, good news for the St. Louis Cardinals is everybody looks like they're in really good shape. They, they've come prepared. And, you know, just to touch on the WBC really quickly, as, as all of you could read or saw, we have a lot of players playing in it. So early on is going to be really critical to make sure that they're able to ramp up and, and be ready to contribute for their particular country or federation. And so, you know, I think over the next couple of weeks will be very intriguing from that standpoint on pace. And then, of course, once we get into our own games at the end of February, it's going to be fun because if you're a prospect hawk or like to see some of the younger players getting opportunities um, there's going to be a lot of innings and at bats to be had so um, you know 2023 camp is is to me feels very normal there's certainly some abnormal things going on but uh, I think it's going to be exciting just to get it going the WBC is clearly a huge storyline going uh, into this year's spring training a lot of people get worried about players getting hurt especially pitchers getting hurt and uh, Mo said that uh, he's not overly worried about pitchers getting injured in the WBC Inherently, there's always risk, right? But there's risks pitching in a spring training game. Um, I think the biggest difference is is really like adrenaline. 
Um, you know, when you think about someone's first outing in, in spring training or second outing, it's always about pace. Um, they know they're just going to get their work. But when you're playing in a game that actually counts or matters, um, I, I think you just a- approach it differently. So we understand there's risk. Um, what we're hoping for is, is that the group of, of pitchers that we have going understand and, and have prepared to ramp up to do so accordingly. That being said, he did say that they absolutely are going to keep uh, tabs on uh, the plans for the WBC players, especially when it comes to Team USA. There has been communication about uh, how uh, players are going to be used uh, by that team, but uh, players are obviously playing for more than just Team USA, but there continues to be uh, conversations going on between both sides. For Team USA, d and I have had um, um, some communication via phone and, and text. And again, like we have to trust what they're doing, but most importantly, he wants to just make sure he's in contact with Ollie and Dusty on, on how our pitchers are going to be used. And he's been very transparent so far. And, you know, now it's obviously you, you got to go play those games. And then something that we've talked about a lot, who's going to be able to benefit the most from the World Baseball Classic? Well, players who have an opportunity to go win a job, that that's one group. Young players, another group. And uh, if you're doing the Venn diagram, those they, they cross over a lot. There's young players who are coming into camp needing to win jobs or fight for jobs, uh, and they're going to be given more at-bats uh, because of the WBC players being away from the team for a while. When you look at, at, at where our club is, I mean, that was part of sort of our off-season strategy, right? We knew we had to go get a catcher. We were able to accomplish that. But now it was about trying to create opportunity for, for some of these these players or younger players to get their chance. And and so when you look at all the things that could have been done this off-season, and we touched on this at, at – uh, winter warm-up is, you know, clearly there there were players out there in the free agent market or trade market that perhaps could have been incrementally better than what we had, but we didn't feel it was at what you're having to pay or give up. And so, you know, ultimately I hope it's about young players taking this opportunity and, and, and running with it, right? And that's where, uh, where it comes back to us is that we believe in these guys and, and, and we trust them. So we'll see what happens over the next seven weeks. Something we've talked about a lot, I keep saying it, sometimes I feel like I'm a broken record how often I say this. I think one of the things that can kind of scare you about this Cardinals roster is the lack of players with year-over-year Major League track records. When it comes to that, from a position player standpoint, there's really four guys on the roster that you can say that about. You can say it about Nolan Arnato, You can say it about Paul Goldschmidt. You can say it about Wilson Contreras. And you can say it about Tommy Edmond. Outside of that, you really don't have players who have produced at a certain level in the big leagues for more than one year. Obviously, a, a Tyler O'Neill had a really good year a couple years ago, but he didn't follow that up this past season uh, with another one. So there's just a lot of question marks, and what that does is it creates a lot of competitive opportunities, and Mosellac did talk about the competitive opportunities that are mostly coming from two areas. When you look at our, our middle infield, um, I'm obviously like, you know, Tommy Edmond is going to be playing over for uh, South Korea, so it's going to create some opportunities for other people to to, to uh, get those at bats. And then, of course, you know how 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 do we best use Brendan Donovan as we move forward? And then uh, I would imagine Nolan Gorman is looking for 
a very competitive camp at second base. So I would note that as one area of competition. And I also would say like the outfield, right? Because, you know, clearly if we if we were to start today, we would we would probably just say Dylan Newt and Tyler, but you know, it is going to be a competitive camp, and we have other players that are looking for those at bats, whether it's Chapez, Burleson, um, and, and not even to mention somebody like a Jordan Walker. So, I think you know, to your point, it's super early, right? It's not all these guys are even here yet, but I think that drives where the competition is, right? Obviously, we're pretty comfortable with our first and third baseman, right? And we're happy with our catchers, so there lies the competitive camp. So the outfield competition continues to be one that is going to be very interesting to watch. And there are a lot of names. There's a ton of names. Uh, if if the season were to uh, to get started now, you, you would think it'd be Newt Barr and right, Carlson and center, Tyler O'Neill and left. But you have a Juan Yepes, you have an Alec Burleson, and then you have a Jordan Walker, top prospect in the organization all offseason. The Cardinals have said he's going to be given an opportunity. If he can come win a job in spring, he's going to be given the opportunity to uh, do that. And uh, Mo did talk about the fact that Walker's going to get to see a lot of time in big league spring training games. The biggest difference is, you know, you're going to see him in, in games, right? In, in a competitive environment where he'll likely be listed in the starting lineup from from. Well, a lot. And so, you know, he's going to get a lot of exposure. So a lot of these younger guys that we, like, we read about and, and kind of dream about are going to be on display. And I think, uh, again, I think from a fan standpoint, it's pretty exciting. When it comes to spring training and spring training stats, a lot of times they really don't matter. Like your roster is kind of put together. Your positional groups are kind of put together. But like we've talked about, outside of a handful of positions, that doesn't really exist this year. So this is one of those weird years where spring training stats are really going to end up mattering for a lot of the players in camp. When you sit in front of uh, uh, day one scrum, right, we always talk about, like, competition in camp. And, I, I mean, I candidly I admit, sometimes there really isn't, right? Like, we, we talk about it, but it's we kind of know what our club's going to look like. Whereas this year, I think it's pretty genuine. Um you know, performance and, and how what people do is going to matter when you're looking at when we break at the end of uh, March, what is our, our 26-man roster look like? And, you know, I could sit there and write, write a guess, right, but I would probably write down 32 names. And we know we had a break with 26. So I do think it's it's a pretty um, honest reflection of what this camp looks like when we use the word competitiveness and, and having competition for, for those roles. A few more uh, things from John Mozalak as he did speak with the media earlier today. Uh, a lot of turnover this year on the coaching staff. It looks very different from the coaching staff last year. Uh, but you can tell, and we'll hear more from uh, Oliver Marmel in our next segment when it comes to the coaching staff. But from a uh, Mosaic's perspective, it's pretty clear that he's uh, pretty happy with how the coaching staff got built out. I'm really excited about our staff, though. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll just throw a compliment out to Ollie and the group that, you know, they've been very intentional ever since we had to make these changes. And obviously the bench coach was added, you know, much later than, than one would have anticipated. But yet, uh, you know, Joe, is he's hit the ground running. He's drinking from a fire hose to sort of understand and learn how we do things. But I, I really appreciate his enthusiasm and his willingness to do that. And I think uh, just from a pure staff standpoint, we met yesterday for the first time in person as a larger group. And um, I felt like the input and, and collaboration that we were getting from all sides was really impressive. Mentioned earlier that 
There's a lot of players here. There are a lot of players here. It's not just the pitchers and catchers who are playing in the WBC. It's not just the pitchers and catchers and position players who are playing in the WBC. There are a lot of guys who have already uh, gotten to camp, and uh, Mosaloc made it very clear that just based off track record, based off history of the organization, they would have a lot of players here right now, even if there was no WBC. If you think about the last 20 years of the St. Louis Cardinals, it's looked like this all the time, right? We have veteran players and understand what they need to do. Um, Our best players tend to care the most, and they lead by example, and they're usually the first ones here. And so, you know, you look at the 2023 Cardinals, it's no different. It's been very impressive, um, the group that's already assembled and uh, certainly excited on, on the guys that are here. So talk about a couple individual players. Let's start with uh, Adam Wainwright. Again, he did throw a bullpen session earlier today, really throwing the first official pitches of uh, Cardinals spring training this year. Mosellac saying that having uh, Wainwright back this year, it does more for the team than just what he uh, produces from an on-field uh, standpoint. Anytime you have those types of players around other players, you're going to benefit. So whether we define it as small or large, yeah. it's impactful. Yeah, I just want right. To and 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 so I think that you 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 think back over the 25 years of the St. Louis Cardinals, we've always been fortunate enough to have those types of players as leaders, and that that's. That's not by a mistake. I mean, that's that's intentional. And so having those kind of players here, absolutely. So that next generation is going to get more exposure to Adam, and that's great. And then another player who was talked about a lot today as well, new catcher Wilson Contreras. Mosellock, very excited to see Contreras' impact on the club. When you go out in the free agent market and you sign a, a player, probably one of the greatest compliments you can have to your organization is someone that truly wants to be here. And... and that has resonated since the day we agreed on terms. Now, you know, to see him in the clubhouse and actually, uh, you know, be able to shake his hand and give him a hug, that's cool. And, uh, look, he's enthusiastic. We know he's a high-energy player. And, I, you know, I, I think from an organizational standpoint, he's going to be one of those, those individuals that, that helps others grow as well. But the bottom line of everything that was really talked about today just kept coming back to one of the same narratives, competition and opportunity. There's going to be a lot of competition for playing spots, for playing time. But with that, there's opportunity to go get those at-bats, to go get those innings, everything that goes along with it. And Mosellock made it very clear he's hoping that the players do embrace that competition. Talking about competition, I think everybody is going to have to embrace that phrase um, with the exception of a few people. But when I say the exception of a few people, they're like the most competitive guys on earth, right? They're, They're competing every day and and so you know you don't want a mindset where you know you have to come in here with fear or being nervous but you certainly want people to understand that that the next seven weeks are going to be important and and it's not necessarily going to say like strictly your performance over the next seven days or seven weeks is going to make or break how we think of you um because that is a small sample size opportunity is is different from time to time but you know i definitely think uh how guys go out and, and we've got a caveat this is the WBC is going on and you know one of those individuals you just mentioned will be playing for for a team and so you know balancing what we see and what we can't see and trying to follow how they play um, in competition is, is, is going to matter so that essentially is what John Mosellock had to say today uh, speaking with the media as Cardinals spring training did get underway when we return we will hear the comments of manager Oliver Marmel that's next this is sports open line we are continuing to broadcast from the TR Hughes homes broadcast center in 
in Jupiter, Florida. My name's Matt Pauley. This is KMOX. News Radio KMOX, the home of the Cardinals. Back on Sports Open Line on a Monday night here on KMOX as we broadcast the show from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. We are at the Cardinals Spring Training Complex as spring training officially getting underway today. A lot of players have already been at the complex and working out, but with today being the report date for pitchers and catchers who are playing in the WBC Today marked the official start date of spring training. I would encourage you to uh, follow me on Twitter or maybe check out my Twitter every once in a while. Uh, We tweet out content throughout the, uh, generally during the morning. That's when uh, things are happening. Uh, Guys get out on the field in the morning and uh, whether it's uh, bullpen sessions or uh, something going on in the field, uh, video and pictures and and things like that. So uh, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. That is my Twitter handle and uh, we'll be uh, producing a lot of Cardinals content on the Twitter. Of course, we retweet it as well on the KMOX Sports Twitter. So uh, if you just want to follow KMOX Sports, that certainly uh, works for you as well. And uh, if you've got any comments on what we're talking about here on the program, maybe you're not listening uh, to the show live, you're listening in a podcast form, you can always tweet at me, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. And speaking of podcasts, don't forget about our Cardinals at Conversations podcast feed Everything we do on KMOX, Cardinals-related, and then some things that we don't even do on KMOX that are exclusive to the podcast feed, you could find that at KMOX.com and also on the Odyssey app. Like, if you're just now tuning in, I can tell you what you missed was a lot from Cardinals President of Baseball Operations, John Mozalock. We played uh, a lot of cuts from his uh, press conference from earlier today, and you can go back into the Cardinals Conversations podcast feed uh, once that gets posted after the show today and uh, see that uh, or hear that for yourself would be the better way to uh, put that. Let's continue on, and we will hear from uh, Cardinals Manager Oliver Marmel. He also spoke with the media today opened up by just talking about uh, how good it was. You know, the guy who threw the first official pitches of spring training was Adam Wainwright. He went out and threw a bullpen session. And while it might not have been the uh, first time that he has pitched here in Jupiter recently, it's the first official time. All that being said, Marmel said it was good to see Wainwright on the mound. We've seen him a couple times uh, down here already, um, but it it is nice to get closer to kind of ramping up and getting everything going and um, making it official, but uh, definitely exciting. While today might have been the day that pitchers and catchers who are participating in the World Baseball Classic officially needed to report, there's a lot more guys than that around. I think just about everybody who is participating in the uh, WBC, uh, they are here, whether they're a position player or uh, or a pitcher. But then there's a lot of other players who are uh, out participating as well. And Marmel obviously is uh, very happy to have so many guys in camp early. We've always had that. Our guys are super eager to get going every year. Um, a lot of them start to trickle in once the once February hits, but there's a there's a big group of guys that have been getting uh, some really good work in over the last couple of weeks down here. We've been able to lay eyes on it, and we're we're excited as well. Different feeling spring training for Marmel, especially compared to last year, where he had to deal with the uh, labor negotiation and uh, the lockout that was going on. That resulted in him not being able to communicate uh, with his players and the staff not being able to. Communicate 
communicate with players for much of the offseason last year. And when asked about what the difference is from last year to this year, the fact that uh, those uh, communications, those uh, those conversations were able to take place, that was the first thing that Marmel mentioned. A big part of it is just communication, being able to have our staff communicating with our players, understanding where they're at, um, being able to go and see them in person and, and kind of lay eyes on them even during the offseason. So less surprises coming into camp, you know kind of where everybody's at. We talked in the last segment, we talked a lot while listening to uh, John Mosellock about the competition that is going to exist this year. There's so many spots, not just from a roster standpoint, and there are roster spots up for grabs, but also once you're on the roster, getting the at-bats, getting the innings. There's so much that uh, is available out there, and uh, Marmel said he's really excited to see how guys are going to deal with the competition. Leading into it, you, you really want to see how guys are approaching it and then just embracing the competition um so that's a big part of it I'd, I'd agree that those are two spots and then you have a group of lefties that are all competing to see who's going to be the guy to get another left hand out in, in the pen so uh there's different areas but um seeing how they all come into it, embrace just what's in front of them is going to be a, a big part of this as well another one of the big storylines going into the year is the new rules obviously the pitch clock in addition uh, to the fact that you uh, can't do the overshift anymore, you have to have players on uh, each side of a uh, second place, do, uh, second base, two players on each side, and uh, the bigger bases as well. These are rules that did previously exist in the minor leagues, and Marmel said that they're going to rely on some of the uh, minor league coaches in regards to uh, their plans that they're going to put in place to uh, deal with those new rules. We have a meeting tomorrow morning with our AAA staff to, to go over different strategies that they used or got used against them. When when it comes to some of these rules, like the pickoff rule, there's um, decent communication within our big league staff and our minor league staff to make sure that we're not missing anything and how we communicate it to our guys. So, yeah, that would be a big part of our thing as well. Mentioned earlier, Wainwright being the first guy on the bullpen mound uh, earlier today throwing a session. Uh, while this is his final year, uh, that doesn't seem to be the narrative right now. The narrative seems to be what he can do, what he can produce. And uh, Marmel was really clear going into this year being his final season, not on Marmel's mind at all. I personally don't think of it that way. Um, I'm ready to see him compete. And if you asked him, he probably um, is just ready to compete as well. But um, at some point, we'll look back and, and take it all in as far as um, the fact that it is his last year and some of the moments that will be created throughout the year. But right now, we're just ready to get going. And to that end, Marmel has very high expectations for Wainwright. He's healthy. He's feeling really good. Um, the sinker, if you look at the consistency of it last year compared to how he's come in right now, it's, it's night and day. There's a really good feel for it. Um, the cutter, I mean, there's he feels as good as he's felt in a long time, and that's uh, super encouraging to everybody in that clubhouse. Wainwright will be throwing to the biggest acquisition of the offseason, Wilson Contreras. Contreras was uh, catching uh, bullpens today, and uh, Marmel said it's nice to finally have uh, Contreras doing baseball things. Uh, there's been a fair amount of time since he was officially introduced in his press conference, but now he's able to actually uh, put on a uniform and uh, do baseball things on an everyday basis, and uh, everybody seems to be happy about that. He envisioned himself in this uniform, and he's looking forward to contributing to this organization. I mean, every second you talk to him, it's just oozing and every. I mean, he is really excited about getting started here. Um, he gets along with our guys well, and there's been really good communication between him and the rest of our, our group during the offseason. So being able to kind of see him 
get suited out in red and, and come out here is, uh, is fun. A couple WBC notes from uh, Marmel that I thought were interesting. Uh, first off, we alluded this in our first segment. The, you know Whether it's the players showing up early or just the way you conduct your business and, and hold yourself, um, the Cardinals have a certain way of doing things. There is a culture that exists, and that is passed on from older players to younger players. A lot of those older players that understand that, and Adam Wainwright, Tommy Edmond, uh, Nolan Arnato, Paul Goldschmidt, they're participating in the WBC, so they're not going to be around for a little while. And Marmel did talk about that, uh, talked about it, and said that uh, it's really important that early on in camp, young players are, are fe- kind of feeling that culture before the WC players leave. It's important, and, and we'll do a good job of making sure that um, we're protecting the culture early, and um, they're going to take off and go play, and they'll be fine. It'll, it's, it's part of it. Um, It'll allow us a great opportunity to see some of these young guys that normally you run out of at-bats or innings for. They'll stick around a lot longer, and we'll be able to truly evaluate what we have. One player who's not participating in the WBC is Wilson Contreras. He made the decision to opt out this year and instead uh, be here in uh, camp and and focusing on learning and working with uh, his new pitchers. And Marmel thought that uh, Contreras really showed his commitment to the Cardinals when making the decision to opt out of the WBC. It spoke to his commitment to what he finds important, which is uh, to start to build some of those relationships and establish himself as uh, one of the leaders in that clubhouse. So um, awesome decision for us, and I'm glad he made it, but there was no convincing this is something that Wilson wanted to do. So that's some of what Oliver Marmel had to say to the media earlier today. And again, if you miss any of that, you can always uh, listen to it again, uh, either on the Cardinals Conversations podcast feed, also on the Sports Open Line podcast feed, both of those available to you at KMOX.com and also on the Odyssey app. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up. We'll talk a little football, wrap up the uh, NFL season as the Chiefs win the Super Bowl yesterday. I'll give you my thoughts on the game. We'll do that next. This is Sports Open Line on KMOX. Your home of the Cardinals. Arnado swings and hits it deep to left field. That ball is out of here. The Billikens. Jumper. Yes! Billikens win! The Chiefs. Touchdown! Kansas City! We are America's sports voice. KMOX. Starting to wrap things up on a Monday night. It is Sports Open Line on KMOX. My name is Matt Pauley. Continuing to come your way from the T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter, Florida at the Cardinals Spring Training Complex. The uh, spring training uh, spring training officially beginning earlier today with uh, pitchers and catchers who are participating in the WBC reporting. But uh, a lot of people reported beyond that. In fact, most individuals, I don't know how many actually just showed up today. I think most of the people who are here today have uh, already been here. And uh, as we've talked about a lot, uh, that's something that's pretty normal for the Cardinals. If you've missed anything, we heard a lot from John Mosellock, uh, played a number of his comments uh, from his media session today, and then played a lot from uh, Cardinals manager Oliver Marmel. If you missed any of it, you can go back and uh, listen on one of two podcast feeds. We have two podcast feeds for you, the Cardinals Conversations uh, podcast feed or the Sports Open Line podcast feed. It's going to be available in uh, each of those spots. And uh, we're going to be continuing to kind of do that on an everyday basis here on Sports Open Line. Uh, the audio from the day, we will bring it to you. So you're going to hear be hearing from uh, different Cardinals on uh, pretty much an everyday basis. Of course, our countdown to opening day show will be coming your way on Wednesday night here on KMOX and across the Cardinals radio network. 
It'll be uh, Mike Claiborne and myself. First time that uh, we've been able to uh, each be here in uh, Jupiter doing the show. So looking forward to uh, that coming up on Wednesday night here on KMOX. Uh, Before we get out of here, did want to mention the Super Bowl that uh, took place yesterday as the NFL season that comes to an end. Of course, we are your home uh, for the Kansas City Chiefs, and uh, they won the Super Bowl. And I, I thought it was a good game. There's a lot of people that took issue with the fact that the game ended the way it did, uh, where they essentially did not score a touchdown on purpose and then tried to run the clock down and eventually uh, kicked the field goal. Uh, but that, you know, they, they kind of took the foot off the pedal, not kind of, they did take the foot off the pedal to uh, play around with uh, the clock at the end of the game. A lot of people didn't like the fact that uh, the game was somewhat decided by a holding call, a defensive holding call. Now, I've got a few things on that. First off, had that call not been made, the Chiefs still probably kick a field goal right there, and they still probably have the lead. Uh, Now, Philadelphia absolutely would have had more time to get down the field to possibly tie it or win it themselves, and, and they could have potentially done that. I think if that would have happened, Kansas City probably would have stopped them just based off the way things were going in the second half. But that being said, Philadelphia had just driven down the field a few moments earlier. So no, re, you know, we'll never, we'll never know. We'll, we'll never know on that one. I do take issue with the people out there who are saying that the officials were giving calls to Kansas City. To me, there were three calls in that game that were kind of toss up 50, 50 type calls. And by the letter of the law, that was probably a hold late there in the game. In fact, the offending party even admitted after the game that he thought it was a hold. Uh, now, I, I don't think TV did a great job with it because the hold, I think, actually took place earlier than what the TV replay generally uh, showed. So a lot of people felt like it wasn't a hold because of that. But there were two replay challenges on really, really close, tight calls. And a challenge that could have gone in either direction. And both of those replay challenges went in Philadelphia's direction. Uh, So I just, I don't buy the whole idea that the officials were out there making calls for the chiefs and that the chiefs only won the game because of the officials. I think you need to take a step back and really look at the, uh, the entirety of the game and some of the calls that were made. uh, If you're going to uh, try to uh, try to make that point, this is my last thing on the Super Bowl. I think incredibly highly of Patrick. I'm like, I'm not alone on this, by the way. This is not uh, an original statement by me, but I think very highly of Patrick Mahomes, and I think very highly of Andy Reid. I know the Philadelphia Eagles were favored in that game. In fact, I would argue the Eagles have more talent and they have a deeper roster. But what the Kansas City Chiefs have are the best player in the NFL right now in Patrick Mahomes and a guy who is as good of a play caller as exists in Andy Reid. And I'm, I just, I'm not going to bet against those guys. Not that I'm a better, but I'm a, I'm a chooser. I'm a picker. And I pick Kansas City and forever and ever, if it's Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid in a big game, I'm probably going to pick them because you keep picking them. You're going to be, you're going to be right more often than you're going to be wrong. And the fact that Mahomes just had himself another double digit deficit second half comeback. He does that over and over and over again. Maybe Kansas City needs to start their games a little bit better, but he does that over and over again. There is no deficit 
that is too daunting. So I thought it was a good game. I understand people who are frustrated by the end, uh, not scoring the touchdown and that late holding call, taking something away from the game. I think, I think you can say it took something away from the game, but it didn't take everything away from the game. That was still a pretty good contest to be sure. All right, that's going to do it for uh, this edition of uh, Sports Open Line. Thanks so much for being tuned in. Again, here moving forward, we will continue to broadcast the show uh, from Jupiter. We'll have uh, a number of guests on uh, from here as well. Our uh, broadcast spot is right next to the media workroom. So luckily, uh, I can just walk like four feet away and ask people to uh, come on. And hopefully more often than not, they say yes and uh, don't say no. So I expect to hear from a lot of people here over the uh, next few weeks as we uh, broadcast uh, from uh, Jupiter and from uh, the spring training complex. We are officially broadcasting live from the uh, T.R. Hughes Homes Broadcast Center in Jupiter. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks for being tuned in. We'll talk to you again tomorrow for another edition of Sports Open Line right here on KMOX. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.